Hey guys, welcome to Learn Feng Shui, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. If you like weekly tips as well as fun folklore tales, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. Hey guys, I'm so excited to welcome back Jillian Rothschild Scholar. So Jillian Rothschild Scholar from Feng Shui in Motion, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have uh, been asked to come back. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I love having chats with you. And I think it's everything you present so interesting. So I'm like, let's talk about it all. So today we're going to talk about the topic uh, I think everyone wants to know about, which is sex. So how yes, did you kind of come to discover, tell us a little bit about, about this topic and how you kind of came to discover a connection with our, our natal charts and our astrology. Yeah. So for those who don't know me, I help people who are dealing with sort of big unanswered life questions. They're feeling like something is off in their life and they're looking for some clarity so they can move forward through whatever they're dealing with. One of the things I learned through my practice in feng shui and Chinese astrology is that a person's individual personality is key to how they make decisions and how they use the things that have influenced their lives in the future. Once upon a time, somewhere long ago, I encountered a teacher who talked about people's personality and sex. And I was like, this is amazing because no one talks about sex. Everybody's having it. And I also feel like knowing a bit of information about your own personality and the choices that you might make within this context can be incredibly empowering. Yeah, I agree. And I think it really is something people are interested in. And of course, you know, we have relationships and we want to understand, I think our partner better, because when you understand your partner better, especially in this aspect, um, it can be more fulfilling and you can also have them understand you a little bit better. Right. So a lot of times in Chinese astrology, we learn about our own charts because we want to know ourselves better. We want to understand why crap happened in our lives or what might be happening in the future, what kind of choices you might make in the future. Um, and it's true about any aspect of our lives. So why not sex? So this all came about because I have a client who is single. Um, and we were talking for years about when her relationship is going to show up and the kinds of choices that she should be making along the way. And um, early in our conversations, I was also doing her feng shui and I could see in like the decor and the choices that she was making and also understanding her personality that she really just was a very romantic person. She just loves the idea of love and flowers and music and like the ambiance was really, really important to her. And, you know, this is somebody who's divorced and she has children and now she's been dating and periodically she would contact me and say, Hey, can you look at this guy's chart and tell me about this guy? And what do I need to know? And, um, this got us talking over the years. Cause my clients tell me a lot of stuff. This got us talking about her sex life and the kind of partner that she would want to be with and what would be fulfilling for her. And when I told her, that you can actually see the secret likes and dislikes of potential partners through a chart. She was kind of surprised and she was like, well, tell me about myself. And she was kind of amazed about how accurate it was. Forget the feng shui, but just how accurate it was and sort of this little tidbit that she wasn't sharing with anybody. Cause it's very intimate. It's fair. It's a very vulnerable place to be. And, you know, I, she, so this led us to like, Hey, can you look at this guy's chart? Can you tell me about this guy? And she, she was the one that came back to me and was like, you are so right. That person was into the XYZ and that's not what I want in a sexual relationship. And it really helped her get some clarity 
and sort of sift through the the options that are out there on social media and different apps and dating things and so that she could have them because you're more fulfilling sex life. I mean, who doesn't want to have more amazing orgasms, right? <laughs> of course. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like pretty much the basis of life, right? Reproduce, even if it's not for the purpose of reproduction, you know, it's, it's a very primal part of, of life that, right. You know, it's, and a, a so many I mean. women, <laughs> yeah. so many women over the years have been sort of programmed to think that our sexuality is not to be empowered, is not to be explored, and is certainly not supposed to be pleasurable and bless all of the world because we're coming into period nine where women are going to be coming into power. And so there's going to be a huge shift. And part of the reason that I wanted to have this presentation on talking about sex and, and Chinese astrology is because the more that we know as women about our bodies, about our personalities, about our likes and dislikes, the more that we can speak up for ourselves and get more of what we want. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are empowered, you can be you can be clearer, you can be more satisfied, it can be more fulfilling for your partner. How many articles have you read in whatever magazine over the last how many years that your man doesn't understand you and so you have to be really communicative? Okay. So but if I don't know or if I'm not understanding how to articulate what I want because I haven't been taught how to do that, then how am I going to explain this to my partner? So this, in my opinion, this is just sort of one piece of a larger picture to, so that you can get to know your own personality better and, um, and share that with the person that you're intimate with. Yes, I agree. Um, can you share a little bit about, so it's, you kind of labeled it the Bozzy sex code. Can you kind of explain, um, the, the term Chinese astrology, everybody has what are called the four pillars of destiny. Four pillars are a unique set of eight characters that are formed based on our date and time of birth. Um, and in Chinese metaphysics, we call this a batza or eight characters. Um, and we believe that these eight characters tell us everything about our life's journey, about our personality, about the things that make us who we are, our characteristics, our gifts and talents, our opportunities, and can tell us a lot about how you behave in the most intimate relationships. So the code, so the quote unquote, the code, I mean, this is just sort of I don't have any other way to explain it in, to the public. This particular code explains how you can see compatibility with a partner. You can understand your own personality type as it relates to sex, how you can understand the kind of healthy relationship that you want the, um, and your, your true nature and your, your own likes and dislikes in this capacity um, in, in the circumstances around sex. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to know the time that you were born. And I have talked about this before. The time and the correct hour of your birth is actually significant. There are some teachers that will say, oh, it's not important for what we're doing. And that might be true for a specific topic, but in this topic, the time is really important. Okay, so that, and once you know your correct hour, you can look on the chart at the animal sign. So this is the key to unlocking this code, if you will, or the, this like a formula really, for lack of a better term. Um, the thing that you're looking for is the animal branch. So there are 12 animals in Chinese astrology. One of them is the dragon, which is not really animal. It's an ethereal being, but essentially you will see the dragon, the dog, the goat, the pig, the tiger, the horse, all of these are animals. And you would see them on the Chinese food restaurant placemat when you go to eat Chinese food. That's only the year when you look at the placemat. Now we're looking at the hour. So if you get a chart, you calculate it, 
you see in our column, the animal branch that tells you the animal sign that tells you how you are categorized into these types, if you will. So there are three personality types. I have given them my names, other teachers call them things differently. So I'm calling them the passionate personality, the enlivening personality, and the vigorous personality. Those are the three categories. And so based on the animal sign that you have will dictate which personality type you are. Um, So the short version of explaining this code is that if you have a rabbit, a rat, a horse, a rooster in your hour animal sign, then you belong to the passionate group. If you are somebody who has a tiger, a snake, a monkey, or pig animal sign in your hour, then you belong to the enlivening group. If you are the other four, which are the dragon, the dog, the goat, or the ox, then you would belong to the vigorous group. Um, And that's how you know what group you're in. Awesome. Can you kind of explain um, a little bit about each group? So let's start start with passionate. Sure. Let's start with passionate. So um, without giving away the whole training, uh, essentially the passionate group of people are very much like my client, who's like the love, love, people who love love and love romance and the ambiance and flowers and wine and talking and um, yeah, they 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 love to like look, look in my eyes and tell me how much you love me. That's the kind of thing that they're going to be into so, um, if you're in a passionate group. Very um, romantic connection, yeah. amorous. Yeah, uh, there are other things that go with it, but. Um, those are a few of the highlights to that particular personality. So if you are somebody who you, you sort of like you're daydreaming about your heartthrob crush and you love to have like red velvet in your bedroom and candles and moonlighting and like you, you need all those things in place to sort of get in the mood, then you may potentially be part of that group. And for women um, in particular, it's good to know that because men are typically a little bit more visual. So if you are somebody who needs that, or if you know that's true about your partner, then you can set the stage so that your husband doesn't, or your husband or partner, whoever it is, doesn't have to guess when they walk in the door that you're in the mood because you will have already set the mood and they will go ding, ding, ding. The light just flipped on. Somebody wants to have an evening, intimate evening together because they can see it visually based on what is needed for them. You might not be in this group, But if you want your partner to engage with you, it helps to let them know and give them what they want. This is sort of trick about Chinese astrology is when you know someone's personality, you can cater to what is important to them. And then you get more of what you want. (laughs) I love my partner. I want us to have a good time together. I want us to be fulfilling for everybody. And because I know what I need or I know what my partner needs, then I I can set it up so that it's easier for everybody involved. And then also to note kind of, this is um, these animal signs, the rabbit, the rat, the rooster and the horse. These are what uh, typically would be called like the peach blossom animals. So just just reference. Yeah, that's an extra little bit from a different category, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, typically these, the peach blossom animal signs are generally people who are well-liked and can easily attract the opposite sex. Um, so then being passionate isn't so off the mark. 
Right, right. So tell us a little bit about the enlivening category. Enlivening category. So these are the animal signs that are really interested in things that are fun because they want to liven things up. So these are the animal signs of pig, snake, tiger, and monkey. So the keyword here is fun, right? So the passionate group, the, pa- the keyword there is passion. This is all about fun, 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 fun. Things that are um, inspiring or spontaneous or add an air of excitement. Something, anything that's new and different um, could be a wide variety of things that are potentially unconventional, um, new positions, new locations, new toys, what all manner of things that would be potentially new and fun for that person because they don't usually like things to be repetitive and boring. I mean, you know, my opinion is that when people are bored and curious, they will look elsewhere. This is also true for small children, right? You know that with a small child, like if they're bored and they're curious and it's quiet, you're like, oh my God, something's going on in the other room and I don't know what it is. It's sort of true for adults too, right? If somebody is bored and curious and they're not being fulfilled in their intimate relationship because it's not fun, they're going to look elsewhere and that can be really damaging. So it's really good to know this about your partner because it means that you can put a little bit more energy into whatever it takes to make it fun for that person. Um, And even if that's true for you, right? So if it's true for you that you need things to be fun and different, then it's good for you to be able to express that to your partner. Hey, this is really important to me. This is fulfilling for me. This helps make things exciting for me. Um, And that may also be very important for relationships over a long period of time. So it could be that somebody is in a relationship for 10, 15, 20 years and doesn't understand this about themselves or doesn't know how to articulate it. And then suddenly they get this information and like, oh, I can go ask for this because this explains why I'm bored. And so you can then take action steps toward remedying the situation so that the intimate relationship can be more fulfilling for yourself, if that makes any sense. Yes, I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I mean, I think the goal, of course, um, you know, when people are in long-term relationships, people get married, they're married for a long time. I mean, you're supposed to be having sex. I mean, it's part of a healthy relationship and definitely communicating that is super important. So yeah, it's super interesting. I saw an article that said that the World Health Organization Mm -hmm. names sex as one of the categories that is key to a healthy Mm -hmm. life. Um, And I think in the United States, potentially, well, I don't want to say this. In the United States, a lot of what we understand about our, our, our intimacy and our sex comes from a very patriarchal perspective, a lot of, because we were largely colonized by England and English tradition, British tradition is a little bit more staid and more conventional. And then there's also religious aspects to, to not talking about this. Um, What was my point? My point is essentially that the more that we talk about it, the healthier relationships we can have and the healthier we can be in our lives. Oh, I agree. And, you know, kind of touching on the period nine thing, I think I, I really see a kind of change in society about the way, um, like different sex workers are perceived, like, no, it's a job, it's, you know, or, or like, um, exotic dancers or, you know, and then kind of like being more like open vocal about it. It's not really something that people want to hide anymore. They're like, no, this is like, 
you know, or I do movies or whatever. And it's right. 25 years ago, pole dancing was yeah. right. 25 years ago, like pole dancing was very risque. It was something that was only done at titty bars and places you wouldn't Mm. really go to or people that were unseemly. That was largely, and I'm not saying this is my opinion, but this was largely the conventional perspective. Whereas now you can go on YouTube and you can take a pole dancing class for free. Like it's very open. And actually I think there are some other European countries that are, do talk about sex and, and, a much healthier way and actually those populations do a lot better in terms of their sexual health over the long term studies have shown so we in america we have a way to go here so we need to get educated and get into it Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um let's vigorous vigorous Vigorous. let's go to vigorous type yes yes last one and so So, these are all the animal signs that are i forgot to address the other animal signs a minute ago but the vigorous category is all the animal signs that are considered like the earth element that graveyard element right the the dragon the goat the dog exactly so the keyword that i'm using for the vigorous group is unexpected because as you mentioned this for animal signs all, all earth element animal signs and if you know anything about chinese astrology they're either the considered graveyard animals or storage animals. Um, and the key to understanding that is a little bit more advanced. So we don't have time to go into that today, but just to take for this little bit that these are sometimes known as storage animals. Um, and so there is a lot of potent energy kind of like in the mountain. Think about the mountain as being like a volcano, right? There's a lot of potent energy that's sort of broiling underneath the surface. And if it can be unleashed, it can be really, really powerful. It can be really beautiful and it can be really damaging at the same time. Um, so when the, when this volcano is dormant, it's not very exciting. Um, however, when this volcano erupts, all the goodies come out. And so what, this is why I'm saying unexpected, because you might not know when all the goodies are going to come out. Um, and this particular group of people can on sometimes be considered like very mechanical and very technical, like, okay, I'm just going to drop my drawers and get busy. Let's just get it over with whatever you need to be fulfilled, honey. That is one aspect of this particular personality, not always true, but it can be a component. And the other is that these people are often the people that are, have unexpected fetishes or secret desires or, um, are more likely to have sort of unconventional outlandish requests for the things that are fulfilling for them in the bedroom. So the things that are hidden are unexpected because you might look at that person and be like, that person, there's no way that person's into that. Um, But actually they are the ones that are more likely to have outlandish sexual requests. Um, That's why I say unexpected. I also really like the word undiscovered because I, sometimes I think that these people have sort of repressed emotional needs that are undiscovered and that when they feel comfortable enough to share this with our partner or explore some of these undiscovered unexpected requests or things that are fulfilling for them then um it's they really feel free and open and it can be really really beautiful um and and helpful to their health essentially yeah, thank you. That's that's so interesting. It kind of conjures up the idea of like the librarian um, that's really conservative and she lets her hair down and <laughs> takes her glasses off. You know, that's what that's I what that do know me. a few librarians. <laughs> I will say I do know a few librarians who, yeah, right. But that's it, right? You think somebody who is staid and proper and, you know, they've got their collar buttoned up and they're, you know, they're not showing their arms. They're very, you know, demure and proper and spoken 
respectful, you know, sort of missed manners, if you will. But then behind closed doors, like, whoo, watch out, baby. She's got some things that she's really interested in. And that's only going to be revealed when that person feels like they're extremely safe, um, extremely cared for, and really, really, um, I mean, safe is the word that I keep using, but it really is about the, the vulner- being able to be vulnerable because it's for them, cracking open that mountain and letting out the, all the goodies inside is really a big deal. So if you know somebody who is in the vigorous category and they're, they're opening up to you, this is the time to really ask them about, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but this is my opinion, right? So ask them what is important to them, create safety for them, um, make sure that it is, everything is consensual, of course, um, and continue the conversation because once that person is unleashed, (laughs) um, it can be really fun. And I think just in, even with uh, all these three categories, I think the, uh, the key really is once you learn about your partner, I think also taking away judgment, you know, from, from the, um, your partner's desires is super important too. So this was a super interesting topic and there's a lot more to it. Also, I attended a uh, webinar that she did and there was a lot more to it, which categories go with which. So if you are interested, please contact Jillian. I'm not sure if she's going to do this as a topic again, but uh, you can definitely have some conversations there, right? Yeah. I mean, it can certainly come up as a context in a reading. So if someone says like, Hey, I'm looking to enhance my sex life. Can we do a Chinese astrology reading? Sure. That can, it's something easy to hone in on and talk about further. It can be incredibly healing to understand your own personality around sex and your partner's personality around sex. And that's actually one of the things that Chinese astrology is really good for. When someone calls and says, tell me about myself, that's not really helpful. That's not really using this particular resource to its greatest advantage. When you come to any kind of reading for divination, if you have a specific question in mind, it can be much more fulfilling. Yeah, I agree. There really is a little bit of insight that you kind of got to dig in a little bit and see what the person really, uh, really wants. So it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Sometimes what people want and what they need are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of <laughs> what we do as practitioners is get to what the need really is so we can address the need first. So let's say, for example, in the spots of sex code, we talk about what your personality is. But if in the relationship there isn't really safety, then you're going to have to address that first. If you don't feel comfortable saying to your partner, hey, I belong to this vigorous group and I'm really interested in X, exploring X with you. And that could be a new entry point, a new toy, a new location, something that is different or you've never asked for before, but you don't feel safe to, to even ask, then that is something that you need to address first. And that could mean stepping up to the plate and saying, Hey, let's go to counseling or let's get some therapy, ha- making sure there's safety. And as you said, non-judgment is, is very important to creating a healthy relationship. Right. Creating that communication first sometimes is definitely key. Yes. So yeah, if you need some more information, please get a hold of Jillian. You did mention you're going to be doing a five um, element class. Is that what you... Yeah. So yeah. The, the reason that we're having this conversation today is because you had attended the free webinar I did on mm-hmm. this sex code and I'm actually going to oh, be doing another free. It was super interesting. So I'm going to be doing another free webinar on the five elements for, for people who are new to Chinese astrology or Chinese metaphysics and want to sort of understand the truth behind some of the basic foundational components of how we learn and how we apply uh, feng shui and Chinese astrology. I'll be doing a free webinar in August. 
Awesome. And I'm going to put the links below in the show notes everywhere. So be able to um, register. I'll get the registration link from you. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. I really had fun. Appreciate it. It was good talking with you. Thanks for having me back. And I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks. You too. energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.